The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, they became incredibly violent, and that's when that uh, surge that you watched in some of the video uh, began. And you had uh, a large group at the mouth of that uh, tunnel entrance trying to push their way through the officers who were fighting to defend it. And I believe had they done so or had they accomplished that, they would have trampled us to death. Most certainly, you would have had police officers killed. I think you run that experiment a thousand times of what happened that day, and you get uh, as few dead people as we ended up with that one time. I mean, I think it was just a matter of luck and amazement and then that, that, that more people didn't die. As Officer Frenon just said there, if they had broken through, they would have trampled them. They certainly would have beaten anybody to death they could have, and I think if they'd have gotten into the Capitol, they'd have killed some politicians. I really believe that that would have happened. Uh, just stunning. Deborah J. Saunders, been a friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show for a long time. She's a fellow at the Discovery Center, Chapman Center for Citizen Leadership, and she is now, she's also a columnist with Creator Syndicate, but she's now on Substack. That's where all the best writers are. You can just search for Deborah J. Sanders if you want to, Saunders, if you want to find her on Substack. You left the, the, the U out of her name there. There you go. Thank you. Thank you, Hanson. What was that? You changed your name. You have a different spelling there than you have there. I mean, that's crazy. Deborah Saunders uh, joins us now on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, how's it going? Fine, fine. I'm changing the, the spelling of my name, too. <laughs> Substack, for everything. Substack is where all the best people are, so I'm glad to, to, to see that you're on there. It's a great place to go because you can, you can uh, you know, I, I, I love writing my column, uh, but it's once a week. It's, I have to sort of, it's bigger thoughts, but you can just jump on Substack, which is really fun. I like that. So, so, uh, so well, we'll just I, I totally you're in, agree with everything. I totally agree with everything you've been saying all morning. Okay, so you heard us earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the so the day it happened was just 
I, I was just beside myself. I was just, I can't believe this is happening. And But then, you know, the way the human mind works, it kind of trailed off, and my memory of how awful it was kind of went away. Then, uh, you know, then you see videos again, and you think, oh, yeah, that's right. People were trying to beat police to death with U.S. flagpoles. And then the New York Times put together, I don't know if you saw that thing that they put together a week or so ago where they compiled thousands and thousands of hours of video of, from iPhones and that sort of stuff into one hell of a montage that was like being on the ground as that medieval battle happened. Uh, just stunning. And then seeing it again yesterday, you're reminded of just, just how awful that whole thing was. So here's, here's my, my current sense for Trump and Pelosi. I think I think Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi, for completely different reasons, were okay with things getting a little out of hand, and they thought a little out of hand was going to benefit them both, and uh, and uh, they got way out of hand. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's true. And uh, Officer Dunn said that the reason they didn't prepare more is they never thought this would happen, and that they thought it would be a problem, but they didn't think it would be like this. You know, Jim Jordan, uh, who was... Kevin McCarthy's pick to be on the select committee and Pelosi said no. He's been on TV all week saying, and if I were on that committee, I'd be asking them, why weren't you more prepared? So what he's saying is that Pelosi should have known that this was going to happen. Because if that's true, then Donald Trump should have known this was going to happen, right? He should have done something to stop it. Because you don't want to have your supporters running into the Capitol and beating up law enforcement people. They're on our side. They're good people. And you can see from the testimony, these four men are traumatized by what happened to them. They can't believe that their fellow citizens did this to them. Well, as a horrible day, as uh, we'll play this again, just because it's, uh, it makes a pretty good point. Um, So uh, Deborah and I can discuss this. Play 31 again for me. This is officer Fanon. I feel like I went to hell and back to protect them and the people in this room. But too many are now telling me that hell doesn't exist or that hell actually wasn't that bad. The indifference shown to my colleagues is disgraceful. It's got to be a really difficult thing to take that you fought for a couple of hours, blacked out for several minutes, probably was surprised to wake up alive. You fought and fought and fought and fought to protect these politicians, and then some of those politicians are pretending that it never happened. It's, it, I mean, they have every right to be furious about this. And and I'm, I'm watching these uh, the sort of whataboutism where there are some Republicans who are trying to act like this wasn't a big deal. It was a big deal. And if I were, if I were Kevin McCarthy, my way of dealing with, with it would be to have reasonable Republicans there to ask questions, um, I think this is the day for Nancy Pelosi uh, that it worked best for Democrats. There are, you know, other things that you can get into, but there's just no excuse for go- for people to. You, you don't treat police officers like that, and this is something that we on the right hated when the, during the Antifa demonstrations and the BLM riots and all the other stuff like that. We thought that this is wrong and these people belong in jail. And same goes for the January six people. It wasn't. Just a, it, it was a big deal. And if these people had succeeded, they would have uh, they probably would have killed some members of Congress and they would have intimidated the rest of them into overturning the Electoral College vote in favor of their person. And we would be, uh, you know, 
we, we would be a tin pot dictatorship. That's what we'd be. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think that was ever going to happen. I mean, you know, maybe maybe some people would said, OK, I'll vote that way if you with a gun to their head. But that would have quickly been corrected. I mean, so they were never going to accomplish sure. what they wanted to accomplish. It's just it's just it, I, I don't I don't even get what was going on in their heads. They're, well, they're crazy people. But I, I wish in my in my ideal democracy, you would have Democrats on that panel and, and Republicans on that panel, both speaking to their own sides, saying this is unacceptable. We cannot be attacking police in Portland and Seattle and we cannot be attacking police in Washington, D.C., and, uh, you know, we're unified on this, but we're we're not even close to there, which is disappointing to me. Yeah, to me, too. And, you know, before January 6th, as the march was happening, I would call. I was talking to a number of people who I knew were going to attend the march. And I kept asking them, so what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? And I, by the way, had no idea it was going to come to this. Right? I thought it was going to be. I mean, but basically. There were a number of people who turned up to the to the ellipse in the Washington Mall, and they somehow thought that magically, maybe they maybe some of them actually thought we can walk over to the Capitol and uh, members of Congress will look at us and realize, oh, we're wrong and we'll change things. But obviously, there are people who were prepared, who showed up and they were armed, they had plans, and they were ready to hurt people because that's what they wanted to do. And those people. Uh, were enabled. I mean, we saw this with all the Antifa demonstrations, and you'd you'd hear the people on the left saying, "Oh, you know, this is for a just cause. It's a pe- mostly peaceful protest." Well, the peaceful protesters end up becoming enablers for the violent thugs, and again, not right. Yeah, and it's similar in that uh, you know, and each side is covering for their own side. CNN and MSNBC would would cover for the Antifa crowd. And talk about the peaceful protesters and ignore, you know, the people that would would have a, a pallet of bricks delivered for the crowd that was really there yeah. wanting to do damage. It's similar to the people that showed up to the Capitol organized. There are organized combatants on both sides. And let's let's can we just all just recognize that and let's try to find out who these people are and deal with them. Mm-hmm. And if they break the law, prosecute them. Uh, uh, do, do you think we? Do you think that was the the high mark, or it was a low point and a high mark at the same time? Uh, January sixth, or or do you think that where it's a, a point on a continuum? We're going to go further down that road, either from the violence of the left or the violence of the right. You know, it is scary right now because I think both sides are the the, the lack of trust is so heavy in this country. Uh, Joe Biden said he's going to bring us together, and he hasn't done it right. Uh, instead, it's just finger pointing. You guys are wrong. You guys are wrong. Well, I, you know, Jack, our side was wrong. There were, you know, I, I there are people. I voted for Trump in 2020, and there, the people who went on the Washington Mall, they they were they felt that they had a right to do something that they had no right to do, and the fact that they had a president who encouraged them to do it, and. You know, he, he certainly had been made aware in the course of the day what was going on, and he didn't try to pull them uh, out of the building until later. And, you, you know, famously, Kevin McCarthy calls Trump, and he's petrified, and he's like, do something. And Trump said, well, Kevin, I guess these people care more about what happened to the election than you do. So he was still, you know, bent on trying to delusionally keep the White House, uh, and he was willing to let a lot of people get hurt so he could get that. Well, and Joe Biden has spoken forcefully against that, of course, but if he would include in the same speech and say, hey, 
uh, you know, whether you're with Black Lives Matter or Antifa or whatever, you don't get to go into a restaurant and make people kneel and swear an oath to you. You don't get to pull down statues in the middle of the night. We have a political process for that. If he would say those things together, maybe we could get somewhere, get that big chunk of the middle of us who aren't violent to, to say, yeah, let, let, let's let the grown-up, calm people take over. But he's not willing to do that. Yeah, it's really sad because I, I feel that, Uh, on the left and on the right, everything's moving further away. And now anybody who talks to the other side is an enemy. And we're not, we don't believe in trying to get things done. We just believe in trying to stop the other guys from getting things done. It's just very unhealthy. Yeah, well, appreciate the conversation with you today. Uh, We'll keep an eye on the hearings. I'll be looking for you on Substack. Good for you, Deborah J. Saunders on uh, (laughs) Substack. That's a good place to be. Lots of different points of view, and you can't get canceled on Substack, from what I can tell, which is cool. Uh, Deborah, thanks for the time today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. You bet. That's Deborah J. Saunders, S A U N D E R S. Look for it on Substack. Armstrong and Getty. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.